Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. A pre-high school teacher asked students to choose from a list of who should live and who should die. Included was a supposed racist armed police officer who'd been accused of excessive force. Have a listen to what high school teacher Michael Zwagstra had to say about that. Let's get to the story that I was just talking to you about that uh, was in the classroom in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, where kids, um, pre-high school kids, 12, 11, 12 years old, were given a list of 12 individuals, 12 people, and they had to decide which eight were going to live and which eight were going to die. And let me go through them again quickly, then I'll talk to my guest. There was an accountant with a substance abuse problem, a militant African-American medical student, a 33-year-old Native American manager who does not speak English, the accountant's pregnant wife, a famous novelist with a physical disability, a 21-year-old female Muslim international student, a female movie star who was recently the victim of a sexual assault, a homosexual male professional athlete, an Asian orphaned 12-year-old boy, a 60-year-old Jewish university administrator, and a Hispanic clergyman who was against homosexuality. Now, if you're keeping count, you're at 11, right? So here's number 12. A racist armed police officer who's been accused of using excessive force. This is in the classroom. I'm sure one kid went home and said, hey, look at this. And all of a sudden, parents in the area were all up in arms and school system investigated and the teachers apologized. Michael Zweigstra is a high school teacher and educational analyst. That's my term. Um, and he joins us uh, from uh, from his home in Manitoba. He's also the author of What's wrong with our schools and how we can fix them? There's something wrong with that school, Michael. Yeah, I was uh, I was more than a little surprised, uh, just because of the obviously the age of the students and uh, some of the stereotypes that are in uh, some of those options there. And also, I mean, as you mentioned, this happened a number of weeks ago, which means it was at the very beginning of the school year. So uh, it would be quite a shocking assignment to give right at the beginning of the year to grade seven students. Uh, with some um, with options there that include a number of stereotypes. I mean, you know, saying like a racist police officer. I mean, that's uh, talk about uh, conveying a, a pretty negative message. Well, and they're telling these kids, you are now responsible for who lives and who dies. Well, yeah, and uh, you know, I'll just say that I've actually given uh, professional development sessions to teachers on how do you deal with controversy in the classroom because there are times where teachers address controversial topics. I mean, I actually do. I actually personally, I teach an ethics course at the high school level, um, but I would never give an assignment like this at the, at the middle school level. You have to consider, and I tell teachers, you have to consider the age of the students. Is it age appropriate? You have to consider, uh, does this fit with the curriculum? Is this actually something that, uh, that, that fits with what you're actually supposed to teach? And also, does it fit with your community context? You know, is, it, is this something that's going to cause you know, issues and problems in the community? And certainly this assignment fails on all three accounts, and the very fact the story has hit the news shows the community didn't, didn't accept it. I think the students are too young. And the fact is, is, I highly doubt this had anything to do with the curriculum. At least I certainly hope not, at least not at, the, at that age level. Wouldn't you also want to be asking yourself, what's the impact on these kids? And, and if there's an agenda, and I would guess here there was an agenda with this teacher, the question is, what's the impact it has on kids? Well, and it's a valid question to ask because it's, uh, there, there's so many uh, assumptions that go into you know, doing an assignment like that. And uh, 
I just to, to start out with students who are, you know, again, as you mentioned, 11 or 12 years old, and you're being posed right away at the beginning of the school year, and you have to choose who lives and who dies, and these very personalized, stereotypical examples that are being given and the things you're being forced to talk about at that very early stage, that's light years apart from, because there are times where you want to challenge students and push them, but in the ethics course that I teach, um, there's context. I'm talking about moral frameworks and philosophy. We're not just starting with beginning of grade seven, who, who, who lives and who dies. I, wouldn't, I certainly wouldn't start out at that age level that way. Just the first two. I mean, would children necessarily understand what they're being asked? There was an accountant with a substance abuse problem, a militant African-American medical student, and then a 33-year-old Native American manager who does not speak English, an accountant's pregnant wife, the famous novelist with a physical disability. At this point, if you're a 12-year-old kid, you've probably reached your absorption level, and, and, and now you're going to look at this list, and you're going to... If, if I, you know, if, if I, when I was 12 years old, if this had been pointed at me, uh, my buddies and I would start to laugh only because we didn't know what else to do. Well, exactly. I actually did a little bit of background research behind where this assignment came from, and uh, I saw some of the other reporting on it, and it pointed out that this was actually copied from uh, several universities that used this exercise with university students. And so uh, when you sort of look at that, that's where it came from at the university level, you can sort of see, oh, okay, that's, uh, that's, that's sort of the type of thing you might expect in some university classes. But again, as I always tell teachers who are, who are thinking about getting students to, you know, challenging them with things, you don't just Xerox from a university curriculum and just plump it into uh, a bunch of, uh, you know, a classroom with younger students and assume that all of that just naturally translates, because it certainly doesn't, and it obviously didn't translate that well in this case. All right, so if you're talking to, I, I presume you're talking to Canadian teachers, although probably American as well, right? Well, it's, uh, I, I do, the sessions I do are in Canada, but I know there, there are some American teachers who follow me on Twitter and such and follow my stuff there. Okay, so if you're doing this and you're doing these sessions, there's obviously a need. Do you, do you surmise from what you, uh, from what you see here that this kind of exercise, maybe this very exercise, has been transplanted into a Canadian high school or a Canadian elementary school already, that there are Canadian kids who may have had the very th same things sitting in front of them? Well, it, it's certainly possible. I mean, one thing I will say is that, uh, you know, there, as with any profession, you'll have some teachers that have a political agenda, but you also have some that, uh, that just, you know, they may be young or they're new, and they haven't really thought through the implications of what they're doing. They, say, they see something, it looks interesting, they Xerox it, and then they put it in front of the class, and they think this would be a good way to get students thinking. And, I mean, in this particular case here, we know that the teacher, as was, as was reported, was very remorseful and all that. So it's, it's just as often. In fact, I would say it's more often where, where the teacher doesn't sort of think through about, uh, about the implications of what they're doing. Well, then start thinking. Well, of course. I mean, that is what we're supposed to do. And that's one of the reasons that this is a message that I've always said to teachers is that consider your context. Consider the, the situation that you're in with the, with the, with the people you're, you're teaching. Consider their ages. Uh, consider the parents, the parents around you. Consider whether you have uh, this correlates with the curriculum. I mean, these are all things you've got to consider before you show any videos, uh, before you hand out anything to your students, everything you have to think through before you give it to your class. Michael, one more question. How frequently do parents react to something that they believe their kids shouldn't necessarily be exposed to. How frequently do they say, this is inappropriate? How frequently do they say, I want answers about this? Are parents sufficiently engaged and sufficiently challenging of what's going on in the classroom? 
You know, it's, it's, it's a hard question to answer because I think it depends on, on, on the community that we're talking about. I think that uh, many, many parents will raise questions, but there's also many that, uh, that are intimidated and, uh, and, and don't really know who to talk to or feel uncomfortable approaching the teachers. So, yeah, there's probably times where parents could, uh, uh, could react a bit more quickly. But, uh, but again, it's hard to say. It depends on the situation. Thanks for joining us, Michael. Always good talking to you. You're welcome, Roy. Thank you. Michael Zweigstra, a high school teacher in Manitoba and uh, author of What's Wrong With Our Schools and How We Can Fix Them. I just, again, felt that exercise was really disturbing. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.